It's time for CBJ in 30, presented by Telhio Credit Union. Find us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, YouTube, and TuneIn. The easiest thing to do is tell Alexa or Siri to play CBJ in 30. Here's your host, Bob McGilligan. Welcome to another Monday Mailbag edition of CBJ and 30 presented by Telhio Credit Union. This, I think, is going to prove to be my most challenging Monday Mailbag of the season to this point. And I stress that last part, to this point. You know, I realize that I've been spoiled in the last couple of years because even when there have been dips in the Blue Jackets' performance, and even if we didn't know if they were going to make the playoffs or not, uh, I think we still had a pretty good idea that they were. I think that we still felt like, well, they're going to find a way to pull it out and they're going to get in. They're going to, they're going to pull it out and they're going to get into the playoffs. Even last year. I mean, they were borderline and then the playoffs got expanded and they wound up getting in and they beat Toronto. So all was well, but uh, I just realized how spoiled I was because right now there's a serious question as to whether or not they're going to get in. And you have serious questions for me about it. And I'm looking forward to answering all of those questions for you on this show today. First, I want to follow up on the show that I did Friday. Uh, On Friday, I did a story about four young ladies. They're in high school in Grand Rapids, Michigan. They have all gotten together. The four of them go to three different schools total. And they have all come together to produce high school hockey broadcasts for Forest Hills Northeast high school team. And... Uh, They all have different jobs that they do. And I talked to them. If you missed that on Friday, you can go back and find it at uh, our CBJ radio SoundCloud page, anywhere where you get your favorite podcast. Or if you want to see the video version of it, go to the Blue Jackets YouTube page. You'll find it all there. But after I did that story on Friday, I got this direct message on Twitter on Saturday that just about knocked me over. First of all, I had a lot of great response to that story. So thank you. Thank all of you for that. But I got this message on Saturday and I I was stunned because it was a reminder of how small the hockey world actually is. And I'm going to read it to you right now. It says, Bob, thanks for doing this story on the live stream video team. I am the coach, Tom Bissett, and we appreciate the support for the girls. They have done such a great job. I actually have a Blue Jackets connection as I played with in Switzerland in 1994 and four in Helsinki. General Manager Yarmo Kekalainen, back in the day. Thanks again. Can you believe that? I just talked to the girls. I just wanted to do the story on the girls. Didn't get into expanding the story any further. Didn't even know it had a Blue Jackets connection. But lo and behold, it did. And their coach was a teammate of Yarmo's, and then he played for Yarmo. Again, it's stunning to me how small the hockey world actually is. And it's a good reminder, too quite honestly. The whole world is a small place, not just the hockey world, but the entire world is a small place. So uh, keep that in mind, whatever you do. But uh, I I was so happy to get Tom's uh, message. First of all, he's proud of the girls as as well. He should be for what they're doing. And then to, uh, you know, come back and find out that he had played with Yarmo was, was just something else. So I wanted to follow up on that story for you before I get to your questions. And I also want to tell you about Telhio Credit Union. They have been putting people ahead of profits since way back in 1934. Now think about that. 
that was prior to the depression, right? It was just about, it was coming. It was coming in a couple of years, but that's when they started putting people first and they have never changed that philosophy until today. They are still doing those same things. They are still making their customers the most important thing. So if you would like to see how Ohio Credit Union could work for you, would it be a good place for you to put your money? Well, I have the answer for you. Well, I don't, I don't have that answer. You have to answer the question, but I can tell you where to get the answers to the question. Go to their website at tellhio.org. You'll be able to surf around there, click on the different links. They've got all the descriptions of their services, the perks that they provide. Maybe you'll find something there that you really like that you're not getting wherever you currently have your money. And they would be happy to help you out and happy to take you on as a customer because like I said, they've been taking care of their customers for a long, long time. So the only question, at the end of the day for you, is why use a regular bank when you can use a credit union that will put you above everything else? Tell Ohio Credit Union. Find them on the web at tellohio.org. All right, let's get to it. I'm going to start. Now, you might imagine that we're going to run into a lot of similar themes in your questions today, whether they came to me on Twitter, at Bobby Mac Sports, whether you emailed me a uh, voice memo, at Bobby Mac at bluejackets.com. We're going to see some similar themes. So I'm going to get into a couple of uh, voice questions right away. I'm going to uh, answer this first one uh, because it came in first and I've had it. So I'm going to answer this question and, uh, and, and then you'll see where the similarities all start. Okay. So here's question number one. Here we go. Hey, Bobby. This is Adam out in Denver, Colorado. Big fan of the show. I've uh, been watching the Jackets this year. I was, you know, hoping for a good year. I thought we were going to take a good step, you know, with the additions of Domi and now Line A. I'm just kind of wondering what you're thinking. What's going wrong? What needs to change right now? I'm thinking about it like, is it a torch thing? Is he not meshing well with the players we got? Is it our defense? Like, what do you think needs to change for the Jackets to get to that next level? Like, I don't feel like we're that far away. We got some prom promising young stars, like, you know, Benstrom and Foodie and guys like that. And I'm just wondering what what you think needs to change for the Jackets to get to that next level. Um, look forward to answering my question. Have a good day. Thank you, Adam. I, I love that this show reaches all corners of the world, quite frankly. So it's great to have Adam checking in from Denver, Colorado. Uh, there are Blue Jackets fans everywhere. That's not just a saying that I have on this show. That's the absolute truth. And many of you know that. So Adam, thanks for your question. Listen, the first thing that jumps out to me is what is the problem? Look at the middle of the ice. We've been talking about this and maybe doing it with kid gloves over the course of the last couple of weeks, but the center position, which looked like going into the season, it was finally rectified, is now just wrecked. No more Pierre-Luc Dubois. Um, no more Miko Koivu. And you could say, well, do you really count him? He only played a couple of games. A veteran centerman that has played as many NHL games as he has? Yes, I'm going to count him. And then Max Domi, who they acquired to play center, so they thought, hasn't been able to live up to that challenge. So the center position, you want to know what the problem is, it starts right in the middle. It starts in the middle of the ice. And you can look around and you can start assigning blame, but the center position, the reason it's the toughest position to play 
is because there are so many defensive responsibilities. You have to play a 200-foot game when you're playing center. And you have to be good offensively and defensively. And these guys are struggling with the defensive part of it. And when they struggle with the defensive part, then that throws the whole plan out of whack. Now, before you say to me, well, what about Boone Jenner and Nick Felino? They play center. They're veteran guys. They've been around. But they are they true centermen? Are they? Boone, maybe you can make that argument. Nick's played more center than Boone this year. And Nick is a better winger. He's at center because it's a necessity, because they are hurting in that position. So what needs to change? That needs to change. And, and when you say promising young players, listen, is Emil Bemstrom a promising young player? Or is he going to be a flash in the pan, a guy that has had good success in Europe and can't put it together in the NHL? I don't know. Liam Foody, first-round pick. We've seen him play well. He's down in Cleveland playing in the American Hockey League, as he should be, as he should be. That's where you should learn. And he's doing that right now. Uh, is he going to pan out? We'll find that out. But the answer to your question is the center position. What's the issue? It's the center position. Now, we're really going to get into it more. And uh, this guy's going to break it all down. You know how Adam had that nice, concise 45-second call? Well, we can uh, shoot all of that out of the water right here. Hey, Bob. It's Cameron Maynard here from Belford, Kentucky. Um, I have to be honest with you. I've always been a fan of John Tortorella. You know, I know that, you know, the Blue Jackets were not a very good franchise before Tortorella got to Columbus. And then he came in and he's led us to four straight playoff appearance, including a playoff series win. Now, I mean, three, two, three years ago or whatever, during one of those years, um, during that playoff run, you know, the, the average person would have told you if you said that you wanted to fire a tourist that you were crazy. And I wouldn't have blamed them, you know, but. I mean, after watching this recent stretch of games with the talent we have on this roster, you know, adding Patrick Laine, and you got players like Cam Atkinson, Oliver Bjorkstrand, Alexander Texier, Seth Jones, Zach Wierenski, Corbisalo, and, you know, Elvis Merzlikens, even though he's hurt now. Um, I mean, this team's vastly underperforming right now. And, you know, I've always been of the mindset that, you know, we shouldn't fire Torts, you know, he's, uh, you know, he's accomplished things here that we probably could have only dreamed of before he got here. But, you know, after watching this team's recent play, I, like I've honestly changed my mind. I do think that it's time for Torts to go. And here's why. Um, I just don't think like one of the staples of Torts is that he always gets the most out of his players. Well, I think it's clear right now that he's not getting the most out of his players, and you can see it with the way this team plays on the ice. Um, now, you can call me crazy if you want to. You know, I'm sure that, you know, there's not really going to be, like, a bigger name that you can put into this position. Like, I've heard you talk about it before. Who are you going to put in the position of John Torrell if you fire him? And you were right about that. But I don't know, like – like I've heard some people, like I've saw some people talk about, it just seems like we need a new voice because the team does not seem to be responding to him. They seem to be losing his attention. And like I said, it's showing on the ice. And 
you know, I, I credit Torts for all he's done here in Columbus. That playoff series win versus Tampa, there was nothing like it. And it'll probably be a long time before we experience a moment like that in Columbus again. But, I mean, I think it's basically a foregone conclusion now that this team isn't going to make the playoffs. And, you know, as somebody else said, I think I think hard decisions are going to have to be made. You know, kind of like the Nashville Predators firing Peter Laviolette last year after he had just led led the Predators to the Stanley Cup Finals in 2017. You know, I think a similar thing might need to happen to John Tortorella just because it was time just because it was time for a new voice in Nashville and it's time for a new voice here in Columbus in my opinion. So, I mean, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we should stick with Torts, you know, maybe they'll get out of this funk and make a fifth straight playoff appearance, but right now I'm just totally not seeing it and I I got to tell you I I think the coach is a big reason why because you got all this potential on the team. I mean, you have to utilize it to the best of your to the to your maximum potential. You got to get the most potential out of this team possible, and they have it. But you know, Torts isn't doing that right now. And like I said, hard decisions are probably going to have to be made. I look forward to you answering my question on this matter. And as always, go Jackets! Thanks, Bob. All right, Cameron. All right, fair enough. Fair enough. It's it's one. There are a couple of things before I get to the to the next one here. And I'm only going to the next one because it kind of ties in with this one. But listen, a couple of things I want to point out before I move on to the next one. And uh, that is when you talked about all these great players that are underperforming, I didn't hear you mention one centerman. Not one. Line A, wing, Atkinson, wing, Corpusalo, goalie. Uh, who else did you mention there? Anyway, I didn't hear any centerman. Didn't hear any. And you heard the answer to my previous question. So um, I just want to point that out to you. And I also want to point out something else here. And I gotta, I'm going to look this up as I say it to you. And I want to, because I want to make sure I'm right. Uh, I, I should know that I'm right. But I, I just want to double check this because last year seems like so long ago. So, so long ago. Um, let's see here. And I'll, I'll tell you what I'm looking at. This is what I, I can't remember. Okay. I'm going to have to do it a different way here. I'm looking up the, uh, Stanley cup playoffs from last year because I want to, I want to have this information before I answer this question. I know I'm, I'm trying to type and I'm trying to talk all at the same time. It's like, uh, Walking and chewing gum, right? It's a tough thing to do, <laughs> as it seems here. But the thing about it is, I want to see what the heck Nashville did in the playoffs. That's what I'm looking for. Because I can't remember. I know it wasn't that long ago, but it was that long ago. Okay? It was it was not long ago, but it was a long time ago to me as to uh, what uh, what they did last year. Here's my point. Let me just get to the let me get to the meat of it, because because I can't I can't type and talk at the same time. Obviously, um, they changed coaches, right? They changed coaches and they fired Peter Laviolette and they brought in John Hines, and it was a very quick 
It was a very quick transition, okay? Look at them this weekend. Yeah, they won two games. But are, are they any different? I'll tell you why they made those trades, or I'm telling – oh, I got to settle this down and figure it out. Here's what I'm trying to say. Now, I'm done typing, okay? I'm done typing. I just got to just gotta stop this. They fired Peter Laviolette. They hired John Hines. What changed? They did that because they had two centermen and Ryan Johansson and Matt Duchesne, who they're paying a ton of money. And there was uh, the underperforming of the team. So they they had to do something. Okay, so they felt that Laviolette was – uh, a voice, as, as you said, Cameron, it was a voice that no longer was being heard. So they um, they made a change. And they brought in John Hines, who was fired by New Jersey. What did it really change? I mean, what 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 changed in that whole situation? Or did they win a Stanley Cup? No, they didn't. Did they go deep in the playoffs? Uh, no, they didn't. So in this year, look what they're doing. They're underperforming. They're completely underperforming. And by the way, now I finally found it after all this time. Arizona beat them three games to one in the playoffs. So they made that coaching change. What did it change? It didn't change anything. Like they got in in the expanded playoffs, and then they got knocked out before they could even blink. This year, they came into the weekend behind the Blue Jackets in standings. So they made those changes. You know why you make changes like that as a general manager when you have big contracts? Because once you change the coach, if they're still the same dismal performance that reflects on you and you're right they were underperforming and they're still underperforming Joe Hansen um Duchesne they've got Philip Forsberg on that team I'm not saying he's an underperformer but they've got uh, Arvidsson uh they've got Roman Yossi they've got uh, Ryan Ellis they've got Matias Ekholm they've got you know Pecorine's on the Pecorine's on the backside now but you know Saros is, is supposed to be a good young goaltender and he's beating the Blue Jackets in uh, five of the six games they've played this year, right? Oh, no, he, yeah. Well, he he started five of the six. He won four of the five. You know, did it change that much? But the general manager had to make that, had to make that switch because if he doesn't, now it's really on him. He's got to try to do something to take the focus off him. And it didn't change that much. So what I'm saying to you is, well, let's, let me let me get the next one in here, and then I'll I'll finish on this. But again, they're tied in. There's going to be more tied in here, as you might imagine, with the way the team is playing uh, recently. It, um, here we go. Hey there, Bobby Mack. This is Don out in Virginia, and this is my question for the Monday mailbag after watching the Jackets lose to the Preds for a second time this weekend. I'm not asking for specifics, but with your pulse on the club and knowing all that you do, which is a lot. Do you feel like something big is about to happen this week to change the trajectory of our team? Looking forward to hearing your answer and the rest of the podcast. Have a good week. Well, thanks, Don. Look, and I think the big thing that you're alluding to is changing of the guard, like the head coach of this team. And in these situations, is it possible? I mean, is that is that the thing that gets brought up? Yeah, it is. But I think the biggest thing, thing that could happen for this team is to start getting your head on straight and playing right. That's the biggest thing. So, again, you know, um, I look, I, I don't think that's the answer. 
And who are you going to put in there? Are you going to put somebody else in there right now? Are you going to elevate an assistant and then ride it out the rest of the year? Is that the answer? Is that what you're hoping for? And if you do that and you don't make the playoffs anyway, then should you have just left it alone and let John Tortorella continue to teach and make your decisions in the offseason? I think that's the big thing about what uh, Cameron's whole question is. Um, does there need to be a big conversation to be had? Yeah, maybe. But does it need to be had right now? I don't know. Is it too late to have it now? I don't know. Could you wait until the end of the year? I think you could. I think you could. I mean, this this whole year is screwed up anyway. Can we just come back for a second and remember how screwed up this year is? And, you know, Montreal made a drastic change. They're in a different situation. They're in a crappy division. They only have to beat a couple of teams to get into the playoffs. Now, this, this division, albeit is stronger than I thought it was going to be in some ways. Okay, or I thought the Blue Jackets would perform better, but the roster was different when I thought that. So it, it's it's a weird year. You know, you could do that. You could jump the gun and and pull the trigger on that. Is, is that right? I don't know. There's again, right now, there's not a lot of questions, or I mean, take that back, not a lot of answers to a lot of a lot of questions. Uh, let's get to an email here from Zook in Cleveland, who says, is there any way we can ask the league for a two week quarantine on Max Domi and Jack Roslovic? Maybe send them back to Canada. Come on, Zook. That's pretty harsh. I think that's over the top harsh. Anyway, says, I think Torch could use a two week break from these guys. I sure could. Every time I see something bad happen on the ice, there they are not a good week for our new arrivals Torch keeps shuffling the deck, but he doesn't have a lot of options. Scratch them both. I say it can't be worse. Oh yes, it could. Yarmo's going to have to deliver some center play or it's over. So that's what Zook thinks. Uh, again, yeah, has it been a tough week or two or three for Max Domi? I think it has. Uh, Jack Roslovic, these last couple of games, like he had a puck deflect off of him on Saturday and it goes in the net or hit a stick or whatever it hit. You know, uh, again, here's what every <laughs> – this is what you all either forget or don't want to talk about. And you're going to think I'm making an excuse, but I'm not making an excuse. These players are trying to learn this system in a year with no camp, no preseason games, and no getting together with anybody outside of work, period. Okay? Every other team's going through it. I know. I know. I understand. I get it. But for this team, I think it makes a difference. I think it does. Jack Roslovic's trying to learn how to play center here. Okay? Max Domi thought he was going to be playing center. He wasn't learning it fast enough. He's playing on the wing. I think he tries too hard sometimes. I think he so tries to push it. And I can give you a couple of examples where he gets a puck and he's trying to make a play that's not there yet. Because I think he's just trying to do something good. And unfortunately, what's happening is it keeps compounding on him. And what he thought was going to be good turns bad. I don't think it's because he's not trying. In fact, John Tortorella said, that he really cares. And I believe that he cares. I mean, nobody wants to suck at whatever they do. And he's trying. It's just not working right now. And the whole thing is in flux. The entire thing is in flux. And at the wrong time, because it's a short season. You don't have time to iron out the wrinkles. These aren't wrinkles. These are 
these are these are wrinkles like if you take the stuff out of the dryer and put it in the clothes basket and let it sit for a week and then pull it out that it's those kind of wrinkles right now i get it but there's very little practice time game almost every other day yeah yeah i know hey you're giving excuses wait trying to give this coach excuses yeah i know what it is it's real it's it's reality i was gonna say it's realistic and reality same thing okay that's part of it I'm not saying that's all of it. I think it's a good chunk of it. As a pro, do you have to find a way to persevere and get over that? Sure. Sure you do. Does it take time? Yes, it does. Sometimes, do you not have that time? Sometimes. Sometimes you don't. You're trying to find time that doesn't exist to fix things that the harder you try to fix, the more you're messing up. Where do I want to go next? Let us go. To Corey Schneider, not the NHL goaltender, by the way. Corey says, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on the career trajectory of Seth Jones. I know he's been almost universally expected to compete for a Norris trophy at some point in the near future, but I'm not sure that's the case. Don't get me wrong. I love his game and his leadership, and I see him as a future captain of this franchise, but I'm just not seeing any evidence that the offensive production will ever come to be considered in that echelon of defensemen by today's standards. I'm not sure if I've ever seen a player who is so solid and makes so few mistakes, but doesn't really do anything that stands out on the offensive side of the game. I'm struggling to think of player comparisons for his style of play. I'd really like to know what you think our expectations should be of him offensively moving forward. I really don't mean to sound like I don't value what he brings to the table. And frankly, he's the least of our problems but I'm not so sure I feel comfortable giving him a long-term contract in the eight to $10 million range, but at their best, he and Wierenski complement each other so well that I'd hate to ever see them separated. Also, if you have time, I'd love to hear your thoughts on whether you believe Nick Felino will be back next year and, or end his career as a blue jacket. If he and Torts were to be gone next year, it would seem to be quite the transition from a leadership and culture standpoint. Well, ain't that the truth? Look, I think uh, if Nick Foligno is going to stay here, first of all, he's going to have to take a pay cut. He's not going to get paid what he's getting paid now. I think for him, he's going to have to decide if he wants to finish it here, if that's important to him, if he wants to go to a team. If he doesn't think this team is going to have a chance to win the Stanley Cup, does he want to go to a team that has a chance to win the Stanley Cup? Those are personal decisions that he is going to have to make. Uh, do I hope that he stays? Sure. Absolutely. I hope that he does. I think he's been invaluable for this franchise ever since the day that he arrived. And I think he would be valuable up until the day he steps off the ice and says no more. So I hope that, um, you know, your question is, do I believe that he will? I, I don't know what to believe because, because he's going to have to take a pay cut. I mean, if you were going to make the same or more salary, then, you know, of course that that's a much easier decision, but if you have to take less and, and somebody wants you and they want to pay a little bit more and you think that they have a chance to contend uh, more so then those are decisions that you have to make. So I don't know. I do not know. Seth Jones. All right. I pulled up some uh, info on Seth Jones here because we're all upset. He's got one goal and 11 assists this year for 12 points. Now remember, yes, every year he has talked about being a North uh, Norris trophy candidate every year and over the last couple of years anyway. So you have to go back. It wasn't that long ago, 2017-18, 2017-2018. He had 57 points, 16 goals, and 41 assists. Not bad numbers, right? Came back the next year, had only nine goals, but he had 46 points. 
So, first of all, when it comes to the Norris Trophy, let me say this, Corey. If they would vote on the Norris Trophy based upon the criteria, Seth Jones would be right there with a chance to win it every year. What is the criteria? The best defenseman in the NHL. It doesn't say the best offensive defenseman in the NHL, but yet, but yet, that's the way it's determined. Points are a big factor. You're right about that. Let's look at the last couple of Norris Trophy winners, shall we? Roman Yossi won it last year for the Nashville Predators. Okay, we just saw Roman Yossi. We've seen him enough for a while. Thank you very much. All over the place. You know, he plays at he plays a similar style of game to Seth. Actually, he's all over the place and up on the play and shoots the puck and gets points. Mark Giordano, the year before that, Giordano had 74 points uh, when he won it. So that is, um, you know, again, that fits the standard. 74 points, pretty good. Not really good, actually. Uh, what did Yossi have last year? He had um, 65 points. 16 and 49. So 65. So Seth at one point had 57 points not that long ago. That's not that far from 65 now, is it? No, it's not. Uh, prior to that, Victor Hedman. Bunch. Brent Burns. This is the one that just blows my mind. Brent Burns, the best defenseman in the National Hockey League. Did you know that Brent Burns had to play forward for a couple of years because he didn't like how he played defense? Now he is in there for his points, hands down. Hands down. And then go back. He won it in 2017. Go back the next couple of years. Watch this. Drew Doughty. What do you think he got it for? Pure defense. He does play well. Points. Eric Carlson. Points. Uh, Duncan Keith. Points. P.K. Subban won it in the uh, the lockout season. Points. So, again, if they voted on it for what it's defined as, Seth Jones would be right there in the top three every year, in my opinion. But they don't. It goes with the points. So your question is, do I think that he is ever going to get there? Yeah, I do. I do. I think he is going to get there. I, I think he's going to make it a personal mission to get there. I think that means a lot to him, quite honestly. And he's not the kind of guy that would walk around and talk about it. But I think it is very important to him. Uh, what's next? Let's go to Twitter. Oh, I love Twitter. So, I mean... If you can't find what you're looking for on Twitter, probably doesn't exist. You'll find more things than you'll, you'll find things you were never looking for on Twitter. Guarantee you. Rob, the nerd says it feels like the torts line blender is such on overdrive. It's hard to keep track from period to period. I understand trying to see what sticks, but how can you expect lines to work through issues without having time to gel and work through it? That is valid. That is valid. You know, I wonder, is Cam Atkinson the best option for Patrick Line on his wing? Is Oliver Bjorkstrand a better option on his wing? I don't know. How could you find out? Well, we've seen him play with Bjorkstrand. That's looked pretty good. We've seen him play with Atkinson. That's looked pretty good. But in, you know, in, in support of what you said, it doesn't last very long sometimes. And when Bjorkstrand was there, it was with Felino, so that's not really a natural sentiment. I would not be opposed, and I'm not John Totorella, and I'm, you know, not an NHL coach, but I play one on this show. Maybe take Max Domi, put him on the line with Patrick Line and Oliver Bjorkstrand, 
and just say, listen, we're going to play it like this for a while, not just for a game, not just for a period, not just for two games, three games. Let's let you go for a week or so, and let's see what happens. Maybe it builds Domi's confidence in playing the center position. Maybe line A starts to shoot more instead of trying to pass. But even if he does pass, Bjorkstrand's a heck of a shooter. And he's got that sneaky shot. Maybe that's a combination that might work. I know that, you know, Domi's not playing center because he's having a hard time playing center. But you're getting to the point. What do you got to lose? Just put it together. Give him a chance. I mean, you can still keep Roslevic and Atkinson on the same line. You played him with Jenner a couple of games ago. It's a big deal. Put Felino over there if you don't want Jenner. Put Felino in the middle. Put or put Jenner in the middle. Put Felino over there. Whatever. Whatever. Any option right now is a. Any option right now is probably on the table. Because things don't seem to be working consistently. All right, Lauren checks in. It says fans want to fire Torts. Shocker. Isn't it unfair to place the blame on him with so many new players, little practice time, and no chance for off-team ice activities? Torts says it's not lack of effort. They're doing their best under the circumstances. Firing Torts won't help. Well, Lauren, like I said before, I I agree with that uh, for the most part. I do agree with that. Um, but the head coach is always the lightning rod for when things aren't going well. I mean, that's part of the job. He would tell you that. It's part of the job. So, um, you know, we, you can, you can say that people are unfair and calling for that, or, you know, it's an, it's, it's the easiest fix. What are you going to say? Get rid of everybody and start over. No, you're not going to do that. You can get rid of one guy and start over, but is that the right answer? Sometimes. Is it in this case? I don't know. I don't know. I think it's just such a weird year that I don't know. Uh, Patrick Villada asked me, this goes back to last week. Is it time to panic now? Yeah, you're good with that, Patrick. Go ahead. Panic to your heart's delight. That's what you can do. Uh, I don't, that sounded sarcastic. Maybe it was. No, I didn't mean it. But yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's legitimate now. Brad Fleming, in all the negativity surrounding the play of the team and people calling for torts to be fired, do you see any positives right now? Well, Brad, I'm glad you asked this. And also, I do like your Twitter handle, BradAss92. That's that's pretty cool. It's play on words there. I like that. Um, yeah, I can find something positive in this. This is – it's negative and positive. We're only going to think of it as negative because there were uh, three consecutive losses. But think about this. The Blue Jackets played three games and gave up um, – what, they, they gave up two to Chicago, then they gave up – two to Nashville the next day. Then they gave up three yesterday. Would have been a fourth one. That would have been empty netter anyway, but that one was whistled offside, so it doesn't matter. It's come down, right? They had given up six to Chicago at the start of the trip, so they brought it down. Maybe things are starting to come together a little bit more on the back end, and uh, maybe things in the middle are starting to to sort out. I Again, they, they still need that center position is – is where the problems emanate from. And then it branches out from there. But I don't know, maybe either you can look at it one of two ways, either Nashville struggles to score and so what, or yeah, you held Chicago to two and um, 
and then you you held Nashville at two and, and three. So maybe maybe those maybe the the team play is starting to come back. Find out this week, right? Uh, Kyle Benning says. I feel like when line A is on the ice, there's too much effort to get him the puck, especially since it seems like when he gets it, he is skating around and trying to make fancy moves or passes to others instead of shooting. Curious if you agree at all. Yeah, I do agree. Yeah, I, I think he's I think he's looking to pass. Uh, maybe sometimes instead of shoot. You ever heard that from anybody before in the last couple of years? You ever hear that? Oh, yeah, Alexander Wenberg. Think of this. Think of the irony of this if Wenberg had stayed if he were still here now remember he's not here because he wasn't producing enough to play first or second line center okay he's playing third line center that put him out of whack when it came to the salary cap he's making too much money to be a third line centerman not enough production likes to pass and not shoot now hindsight's 2020 there's no way you would have thought about this prior to Patrick Line's arrival but now Line's here so Let's just let's just talk about this. If you had Alexander Winberg right now, would he be the perfect centerman for Patrick Line? And hear me out. Because he likes to pass more than shoot. And Line should shoot more than pass. Would they have complimented each other? Doesn't matter now because not gonna happen. And he's gone. But isn't that ironic that he didn't fit into the system and now he would probably be playing first line center if he was still here? because of the dynamics of that position and the personnel changes at that position. Crazy, right? It's crazy. In any event, we shall, uh, we'll see what happens this week. And it all starts when the Detroit Red Wings come here tomorrow. The good news is for tomorrow that it's the first time that fans are going to be allowed in the building this year, 10%. And then, uh, you know, hopefully bumping up by 10%, the game against the Red Wings tomorrow night. It'll be good to see some live bodies in the building. It'll be good to hear some noise that is not computer generated, that's not fake. That'll be good. I look forward to that. And I hope the Blue Jackets can take care of the Detroit Red Wings because now as it's ticking down, this schedule is going to get uh, very busy. If you heard my talk with John Tortorella, before the game on Saturday, uh, he admitted that this year he's looking ahead on the schedule. And I think you have to. Well, you do. That's why he's doing it. You've got Detroit. And then where do you have to go? you got to go to Dallas and play two. And you come back home and you've got Florida for two. They're playing well. you got Dallas for two more after that. And then you've got four in a row against Carolina. Two there, two here. Think that's going to be easy peasy? I don't think so. I don't think so at all. And then as you get near the end of the month, you've got uh, a trip to Detroit. That sounds fine. But then that trip includes two in Tampa and two in Florida. That sounds not so fine. So what is this team made of? Is it what we've been seeing? Is it this sluggish find ways to lose instead of finding ways to win? Or are they going to pull up their bootstraps and get to work and win some games? If they're going to do that, it's going to be against some very good competition here over the next couple of weeks. And here's what's funny about this team. I'm going to leave you with this. 
This is what's funny about this team. In the past four years, every time I saw a stretch coming where I thought that they were going to be in big trouble, they found a way to spin it the other direction. Now, this team is not the same team as last year, the year before, the year before that. I understand that. Totally understand that. But a lot of the faces are here. And we've always talked about this team and saying they are a feel-good team. If things are happening in their favor, all of a sudden, they can almost do no wrong. Right now, they're doing everything wrong. Not everything. That's not fair. They're doing a lot wrong. Okay? And they don't feel good about it. They hate it. It's probably not fun to come to work. You know, first of all, you got you don't come to work like you normally do because of the protocols and restrictions. And then when you do come to work, you're losing. So that none of that's fun. But if they can find a way to have some fun by putting together some, I don't care if it's a positive shift that leads to a positive period, that leads to a positive game, that leads to a positive two games, three games, a positive week, a positive two weeks, a positive month. You got to grab on here now. I mean, the the easy games, and, and that's not fair to say, because in, there's parity in this league. There's parity in this division. And Chicago was ahead of them going into their into their series together. So it's not easy to say the e, or it's not fair to say the easy teams. There aren't any easy teams. And when they're ahead of you, you're the easy team. But if you thought there were weaker teams on the schedule that you should have taken advantage of in the past week, that's diplomacy right there, by the way. If you think that, they didn't do it. So now they're going to have to play and win the tough games. They don't have a choice. They just simply do not have a choice. So we'll see. All right, I was just about ready to close it out. And I literally just got something from Bakes. And Bakes has uh, sent an email. He says, I've been trying to send a video and it keeps telling me that it's too large. I'll try again next week if this one doesn't work. Well, Bakes, I have news for you. It worked. It's come through. So before we close out the show, since you've been trying to no avail, I want to make sure that I get this one in for you. All right? So here we go. Hey, Bobby Mack. Welcome to another edition of Blue Jackets Talk with Bakes. I'm just kidding. It's the Bobby Mack show. <laughs> but um, decided to do a video question today and uh, wanted to ask it, is it more coaching or player personnel? Because what I see is we have no centers. And that has always been the conversation in Columbus, save for the brief Pierre-Luc Dubois. Give me a little PLD uh, time in Columbus. And um, we're back, and I can't believe we're back in this topic. Um, but I, I just, I don't think it's coaching. Um, the only thing about coaching that I don't know enough about is Max Domi. Um, I'm afraid that he's going to play himself right out of town. Um, I'm almost wondering if they just got to put him back at center to keep giving him a look there. Um but I trust Torts, I trust the process, and um, he's gotten us to the playoffs year after year with not very talented rosters. Um, I just, I mean, it, coaching in the, in the NHL makes a difference, and 
the people that think that um, you know we're a Washington or a Boston Bruins type team or Tampa that can just make a coaching change and it's just gonna you know get us on our horse and sailing right to the cup. Um, I, I disagree with that, and um, I think that if you're gonna go after anyone, you got to go after Yarmo for putting the pieces together as they are right now. Um, now, I like Patrick Laine a lot. I like Rosovic, and um, I like the moves Yarmo has made. Um, I just, I think if you got to go one or the other, that there's a lot of media and fans, not you, but other media that are now talking torts and inferring that we may need a coaching change. And in a media sports-hungry age, um, I've seen teams in other sports make decisions based off of pressure from the outside. And um, not that the Blue Jackets would do that, but I remember how bad it was before Torts. Um, we had a couple good years, but we were in the playoffs once every blue moon. And um, I don't see many blue moons happening every day, so... Um, I think we got to keep torts here, and I think people that that feel that way got to speak up because I think there's a lot of bandwagon Blue Jackets fans that just came on board the last few years, and I'm okay with that. I love all of them, um, but I, I just I, I think some people got to just calm it down a notch, and I uh, made myself included. But um, but go Jackets, and we'll talk to you later. Don't want to hear it again tonight. Talk to you later, so save it for another guy. <laughs> Best outro ever. Go Jackets. Thanks, Bob Mac. Thank you, Bakes. And I agree. I miss that song. I do. I mean, we're, you, you talk about a, a day and age where there's, there's uh, media pressure to do things. There's also, um, uh, you know, reasons that it's harder to use those songs and get away with it for lack of a better term or something. So anyway, uh, I do, I do miss the song. I really do. I mean, I think it's the greatest outro song because I came up with it. It was my idea. So why wouldn't I think it's the best, but I'm glad that you got that question in right at the very end, because you just summarized everything that we talked about, you know, the center position. Um, yeah, it is fair to, to look at all aspects of what's going on here right? It's fair to look at the coach. It's fair to look at the GM. Again, these are all, um, these are all parts of the job. When you have those jobs, when things are going great, then everybody's happy when they're not going great, then everybody's upset and they're, and they're, uh, you know, looking to blame it on somebody. So that's, that's part of the gig. So I, I everything you said there, I think was uh, spot on. Uh, I like how you put it together and so it really was talking Blue Jackets with Bakes, as it turned out, for like three minutes there. So uh, kudos to you for putting that together and, and for getting that video message in here. I appreciate that. And again, anytime you want to send me a video or if you want to send me an audio question, a voice memo on your phone, all you have to do is email me, Bobby Mac, B-O-B-B-Y-M-A-C, at bluejackets.com. If you want to just answer uh, or ask, rather, just want to ask your question on twitter you can do that you can find me there at bobby max sports however you want to do it i'm cool with that you know that by now right so uh, just bring them uh, whether things get better or worse doesn't matter you have a question tell me what's on your mind and uh, we will address it 
on the next edition of the Monday Mailbag. The uh, yeah, I, I just screwed that whole up. I what this is like two weeks in a row. I screwed up the outro to the show. Like I, I missed the song so much. That being an outro, I, I screwed up the whole thing. But anyway, send me your questions whenever you want to. I will address them with you again next week on the next Monday Mailbag edition of CBJ and Thirty, presented by Telhio Credit Union. See, now that was professional. But it took two takes, and I hate that, especially in a show where I'm just, like, going. I, I don't like two takes, but I had to take them. So what am I going to do? I'm, I'm just as good as everybody else around here right now. I'm not getting it done the first time around. So I had to backtrack, and I had to do it all over again. But, hey, as long as you go to do it the second time and you get it right, that's better than the alternative. I'll tell you that. All right, Blue Jackets tomorrow night at home taking on the Detroit Red Wings. Some of you are going to be there to see it. Eyewitnesses. I can't wait to see you. More importantly, I can't wait to hear you because that's way better than any fake, pumped-in, computer-generated crowd noise. That's tomorrow night at 7 o'clock at Nationwide Arena, the Blue Jackets and the Red Wings. Until then, I'm Bob McElligot saying so long.